ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Mondays Down South. As you can see, we're missing one of our usual three, but that's okay because we got a last minute fill in with one of our favorite returning guests in uh, Mr. Marty over there. So Dolphins fan representing, I think he- Jets. Oh, Jets. Jets. You're already hurting my feelings here, man. I knew you were a Jets fan. (laughs) I knew you were a Jets fan. But we also had your other buddy come on who's a Miami fan with Tua. So it's, you know, you got to give me a little credit here. But you know what? That would have been awkward if true, side. No, uh, no credit game. to Dolphins fans ever from me. Well, you know what? <laughs> it was a great week for me from Dolphins fans because my Colts finally got a dub, and I can thank the Dolphins for that one. Um, we all won. When does that ever happen? What's up? We, we usually just have a, a podcast of, of guys with awful NFL teams, but we're 3-0 and this week. I mean, the Jets hey. and Washington football team also won. This what was a world. Great week, but I would not call my Colts awful. Let's be let's be uh, fair here. Yeah, we, I said usually because we got Zach and, and myself, but yeah, you, you know, most of our teams, I should say. I think Marty picked the perfect week to come on, though, because this <laughs> weekend, I was, I kid you not, before Marty even decided to come on, I was watching the games this weekend and I was watching the Jets and I've been a huge Jack Will- or Zach Wilson truther from, from day one. And that was his coming out party, man. Like I, I sat there and I watched that game and some of those throws that he was making, I, I was blown away. I kept showing my buddy that I was with. I was like, these are throws that half the NFL quarterbacks I don't see make on a normal basis. I mean, he was slinging it like to the to the sideline to sideline like hitting people in stride like coming out of bounds i was like wilson went out there and looked like a true pro this weekend and it was so fun to watch and i'm even more excited because he beat the titans and as a colts fan like by no means that i expect the jets to go out and win that game but that was so fun to watch zach wilson i think that was his coming out party i think he's only gonna continue to have great games going forward like he just has something special about him i'm i'm telling you like I don't want to make like it's bold to make Mahomes comparisons, but some of the throws that he makes with like his arm strength and like how quickly he releases and gets the ball like 50 yards down the field is very, very rare that I like that you see that. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, Patrick Mahomes, and now now Wilson. Like that's that's the guys that I see that from. So what an amazing game. Like what a game from Wilson. Shout out to the Jets for beating the Titans. I'm gonna kick it over to you, Marty, and let you talk about your squad, man. Yeah, so I agree with you um, a lot on seeing Wilson's arm and seeing his accuracy. And, you know, I was talking to Evan prior to us getting on the cast, and I really do think it could be a showing of what he's capable of. I think there's a lot he needs to work on as far as his pocket presence. Uh, That's one thing that I noticed. He rolls out a lot, holds onto the ball a little too long. But uh, once he gets it going and he has, you know, actual receivers to throw to, like, you know, Jameson Crowder's out there. Uh, Corey Davis hadn't really shown much for what we paid for him, but I think maybe he'll make his make his presence known once Wilson's getting more comfortable. And then, you know, having a new coach and a new quarterback is never an easy thing to come off of. But a win's a win nonetheless, and I'm happy to see a little bit of progress. So hopefully it can keep showing this season. Yeah, it's, it's good to finally see the upside we knew he had. And then, like you, like you said, it's like, can he be consistent with it? And it's all, I mean, obviously in a perfect world, you'd almost want him to sit a year, kind of like Mahomes did, but you know, you didn't really have that luxury. So we'll just see if he can uh, build some consistency, but yeah, it was good to see some of those throws that we knew he had in him um, and he hadn't really been able to unleash yet this year, but. And a lot, you know, another thing is a lot of these interceptions you see that are thrown, a lot of them are not his fault. I mean, a lot of them come down to the receiver not being in the right place, maybe it being a, you know, a tip drill and the, uh, 
you know, DB just happening to be there, linebacker happening to be there. And a lot of them aren't his fault, and I'll give him that much. But uh, one thing I do want to see is just a little more presence in the pocket, which I think comes with time. And uh, I think he's got wheels, too. I mean, the guy's avoiding sacks left and right. So we can get him a little more brave, just stepping up a little bit, trusting his line, which is hard to say with a New York Jets fan. But, you know, it'll come with time. I know we're only four games in, and I'm, I'm with you, Marty, Like because I have seen, like, a couple of those – turnovers are, are, are more unfortunate circumstances than rookie mistakes. And it happens. I mean, you're, you're yep. just the pros, like you get more tip balls and guys getting their hands on the balls way more than you do in college. So far this weekend, what was crazy was we watched five, all five of the first round rookie quarterbacks play this weekend. Trey Lance wasn't supposed to, but Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt and he got to start and everybody else started. Um, that's pretty epic to see all five of those guys four weeks in play. Out of all of them, out of the four games we've seen so far for each of those teams, I think this is, I think Wilson's had the best game out of all of them. And I mean, it's only four weeks, so it's a small sample size, but that is definitely the best game out of any of them that I have seen personally, because I haven't, like Lawrence has had a lot of turnovers. Justin Fields is still getting his, his feet under him. He had a great game too. So you could probably argue him up there. Um, and then out of the other guys, like Lance still hasn't really like had much of an opportunity. He had a decent second half, but he's got, he's got a bit, He's got a bit of ways to go. And then um, Mac, you, you honestly, you probably talk Matt Wilson had a good game against those against the Bucks, but I still think Wilson had the best game out of any of them. Just watching some of those throws he made. Yeah. I was going to say, I was trying to think of who the other, the other first rounder was. And I was like, Oh yeah, it was Mac Jones who looked awesome despite a loss and they didn't put up many points, but he's, which I guess, how did he look awesome when they only dropped what 16, 18 points and they lost, but um I mean, and again, he's kind of more of a game manager, but Mac looked good. But I was going to say, as much as I love this rookie class of quarterbacks, a lot of them, you know, slow coming out, especially obviously Trevor Lawrence. You know, I don't, I was kind of surprised, or I'm kind of surprised he's struggling so much. Um, Fields, I'm not terribly surprised. There are growing pains there, and even even Zach Wilson. But, um, and then I'm looking, to, looking forward to seeing what Lance does if, if uh, Garoppolo is still down. But, uh, but yeah, what do we think about that Sunday night game? Um, Obviously, I was pumped for that seeing Tom back in New England. It was good. it was kind of good to see him be at, at times more like emotional, kind of sentimental and like appreciative of New England as opposed to like being all fired up and trying to, you know, knock the doors off of and give Belichick credit for a good game plan as, as I think, you know, is no surprise. But um, another great Sunday night football game. I'm glad Tom was able to sneak it out, but I'm also glad it was a really close game. And to be honest, if that, that field goal is another foot to the right, then, you know. Well, Tom would have just let a game-winning drive and, and won the game anyway. But um, what would you guys think about that one? Go ahead first, Marty. Oh, yeah, Mac Jones, man. That's the first thing I thought when y'all mentioned the game was, you know, the funniest thing to me was Josh McDaniels running that offense. And then Mac Jones, you know, quarterbacking it when, you know, you know Tom Brady's probably seen all that a million times in his career in New England because that, let's be honest here, that's his – that's his playbook. I mean, that's the stuff that he's probably seen and run and he's probably on it. They had to game plan all week just against what Tom Brady does and what he did to create that Patriots dynasty there. So switching up that game plan props to Belichick props to McDaniels and props to Mac Jones for making, you know, a, a game that could have been a blowout, a really close one, because when Tom Brady does what Tom Brady wants to do, it's, it's not fair to anybody because of his, you know, just his experience at that level is just, uncanny so i'm really i'm really excited yeah i uh this is why i didn't want to bet this spread i just knew that like guys would have a chip on their shoulder like i really felt strongly that 
Belichick was going to come out there and have a great game plan. I didn't expect it to be as low scoring, but I did expect it to be a really close game. And honestly, I almost last week, I saw that I almost picked the Patriots just because I really, really like, I, I was like, Belichick has something to prove. And he almost did like, like that field goal was this close to, I mean, we, who knows what would happen if Brady got the ball, but the, the you know, that, that was a game winner right there for the Patriots. And that was epic. Like, I mean, it was a low scoring duel, but at the end of the day, one that like lived up to the storyline of Tom coming home and him and Belichick, like really playing that battle with each other. And it came down to the wire and like just seeing them uh, with that mutual respect that they had was pretty amazing. I can't, this is just another reason why I hate Patriots fans. Tom Brady comes home and you boo him. Like, are you kidding me? Like, Dirt, well, they cheered him before the game and they booed him once the game started, which I kind of loved. I thought that was the perfect way to handle it, to be honest with you. Just camaraderie there, but I'm like, you should yeah. boo the guy that like gave you like, like when Manning left and went to the Broncos and he came home to the Colts, people were showering him with flowers. Like you don't boo the guy that won you your, your like who created this dynasty for you and made you relevant right like that's i don't know that's that's absurd to me like, yeah i think that was really well like premeditated though like i think they sent an email out on how they were going to handle like like it was at that level of everyone being on the same page in terms of because i think to your point like no one actually is like booing him in the sense of like you know oh i hate tom brady i mean maybe a guy here too but um it's more like it was the competitive aspect of it He's on the other team now. We're going to treat him like anyone else. And it, it was like, I, I was actually pretty, like, I, I, it was almost like how Duke, you know, at Cameron Indoor, you give, you, they give you a sheet before the game on how the chants are going to go. I think something like that happened in terms of how they were going to handle that. Cause I was pretty impressed that everyone was on the same page with how they were, they were going to do that. But uh, I, bet, I bet Brady, I bet Brady loved it though. I bet yeah, he loved yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. They, 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 I mean, they gave him his props at the beginning when he arrived and then, you know, when it came down to game time, Patriots fans are going to be loyal to their team. So it is what it is. Yeah. The, the other thing I wanted to mention, like Belichick, amazing game plan, not a surprise, but really you're going to kick that 56 yard field goal in the bad weather with a kicker who I think they said he had like a bad hamstring or something. Now, granted, you know, he knows his kicker and whatnot, and that was a great kick and it was, you know, a foot away, but I thought that was a crazy decision to kick that as opposed to go for a fourth and three with how they've been able to pick up really short yardage plays to Jacoby Myers and others. And not only that, but even if you make the field goal, Tom had plenty of time to go win the game himself. I was shocked by that call. Granted, it was a great kick. It almost worked out, but that was kind of an insane decision to me, to be honest. Do you remember when the uh, Patriots, this was a long time ago, but you remember when the Patriots played the Colts? And it was Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning. Um, Patriots were up, I think, like 24 points going or 17 to 24 points going in the second half. We got the ball back, brought the game all the way back. And at the very end of the game, the Patriots were up and it was the exact same situation. It was a fourth and two or fourth and three. And he went for it and they <laughs> catch the ball. And it's almost the first down. It was a pass, I think, to Edelman or Welker but he gets hit and he muffs the ball a little bit. And when he pulls it back down, they mark him like half a yard short. And then immediately Peyton Manning in like three plays, throws a touchdown to Reggie Wayne and they win the game um, after being down like 17 to 24 or whatever it is. I just think like, since then I've never seen Belichick do it again. And if Manning did that to him, what do you think his boy Brady's going to do to him if he goes for it? And then you give Brady field position in the middle of the field, I'd rather kick the field goal and just hope that it goes in than uh, 
then put Brady in that position in the middle of the field and be like, Hey buddy, you know, you're the guy that, you know, is considered maybe the most clutch player of all time that I coached for 10 years. Let me give you the ball where you only need to drive like 20 yards down the field to make this not even a game anymore, regardless. So I, I think, I think like, I think ultimately like it, it was the right decision and they were this close to pulling it off. Like I, like, unless he felt very strongly that his rookie quarterback was going to go against this great bucks defense where they were barely able to move the ball most of the game and, and make something happen. I think it was the right decision. Yeah. Anyways, new game. Sai, you got you got another game you want to talk about? Yeah. Um. I. I mean, I don't know if I necessarily need to talk about the game, but Rogers, man, Aaron Rodgers, bro. He like again. This is one of those he, week one things didn't go too hot, and then he came out, and since then he's been lighting the world up. Randall Cobb, Aaron Rodgers. What are we in 2010 again? Like those two. Those two with the two touchdowns this weekend. Or Randall Cobb on some pretty fun routes like it's just fun to see Rodgers do what Rodgers does and um I think the Packers are right back to being you know a, a legit threat in the NFC probably top three team in the NFC in my opinion in the sense of uh, Super Bowl contenders and I just I just want to bring that up because they just beat up on the Steelers like it wasn't even close from the get-go like that there was no that wasn't even a game and the Steelers are supposed to be we thought we we're supposed to be decent and that just has not been the case but the Packers are, I don't they're just going to keep like putting putting on people with the way their offense is flowing right now yeah i think it's gonna come to the time where mike tomlin has to you know kind of make that tough decision as to whether he's going to keep going with roethlisberger or not to keep that streak alive as never having a losing season i don't think and i just, I just think that's a that's a hard pill to swallow you know when it comes to that but roethlisberger man he just i don't i i, I hate to say it but i think it's uh, i think it's time yeah yeah that was one of one of our topics, I think, last week, right? But yeah, I'm just not here for the Steelers. That didn't surprise me at all. But yeah, I mean, the A Rod train keeps keeps rolling, keeps rolling. Marty, another game from you? Uh, yeah, I, I'll right? talk. I'll talk about uh Monday night's game. I mean, you know, not much in the first half as you know, far as competitiveness with the Raiders, but that comeback that uh, Derek Carr on those drives in the second half where, you know, it was basically all Raiders. And then, uh, you know, Justin Herbert, I mean, the guy's freaking nature. I mean, just, I, I haven't seen anybody play as well. And as uh, you know, as composed at an age that he is, I can't remember how long, I mean, I'm, you know, it's, it's almost like, you know, I'm ready to start comparing him to the Patrick Mahomes, you know, when everybody was on the hype train back hall of fame uh, contender, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the guy's got it. And uh, you know, I think they have a really good squad there. Um, my favorite play of the game was Hunter Renfro uh, picking off that uh, punt, that fake punt and, and making that DV hit on that guy and having him knock the ball. That was great. But uh, that game was uh you know, it's just always a showstopper when you got the Raiders out there and those fans, that base traveling like they do and it being a Chargers home game, you would have never thought that solid game overall for a Monday night game. Yeah, the, the Chargers are starting to prove it, man. I mean, going into the season, it was kind of one of those things. We love the offense. We know they have a lot of talent. Are they going to have a better line? Obviously, they spent some draft capital on it. Um, and hopefully with a healthy defense, um, which is always the key for them because they have some talented players out there. Bosa. Are they finally – what's that? Bosa and Derwin James being healthy. Exactly. Season. Yeah. Some young anchors on the defensive side. People want to keep talking about that offense, as they should. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, um, obviously Herbert being a beast, and Eckler, who somehow seems to continue to be forgotten every week, even though he's easily one of the best running backs in the NFL. 
he was just on he doesn't run the ball traditionally but man he he changes an offense but defensively what's funny is a few before they got herbert their defense is what people used to talk about because they really have some anchors so that's a pretty complete team the i know last year um the problem for ev was was coaching and and it seems like so far that's that's gone uh, that's gone better and the health has been on their side um so the, i don't know like for me I genuinely expect the Chargers to be great for years to come. And that's just, it's wild to think Herbert and Mahomes are in the same division. That's two youthful guys that, uh, like, you know, that are just going to be great forever. So, or for as long as they play. Yeah. You got any other games that, like, um, that, that is, was pretty wild to me. Go for it. Yeah. Let me pull up mine, see if anything else is. The Giants winning this weekend against the Saints was a, was, was surprising to me. I was not expecting that. I didn't even think that was going to be that close. Um, or at least if I thought it was going to be close, I thought the Saints were definitely going to win. So, like, I, I'm pretty shook by that. The, the Giants had to win one. They're not an 0-4 team, I think. They're starting to come around more to, like, being an average, maybe slightly below average, but closer to, like, an average team, which is kind of where I thought they would be. And Marty and I were talking about this, because, and we'll get to our game picks this week, but maybe it's almost like the Saints. Like, I think they, you know, could be as good as they were um last year but it's almost like they're just going to be inconsistent and like one week they're going to look great and we're going to be coming on the podcast talking about how they're the same team they were as as we did after that pats game and then they'll have a dud the next week so it's almost like they're going to be hot and cold which makes me nervous as their next opponent for the washington football team um this upcoming week that this will be a a hot week coming up but yeah it's almost like they're just going to be hot and cold i don't know what's i don't know what to really make of them and uh, i mean the giants were probably desperate and really needed one so give them credit there and Saquon Saquon looks back, which is good to see. But yeah, I, I think it's like, it's hard to, hard to make sense of the saints right now, if I'm being honest. And to piggyback off what you were saying about Saquon being back, I think that's, you know, something he showed that explosiveness that he's had. He's, I think he's gotten his confidence back as far as coming back from that injury, especially with that, you know, that uh, goal line drive that he had, you know, putting that power down on that knee and everything and using all that ability that he has. Um, I think the only problem that, you know, you see when you have a person that's got that confidence back is utilization and coaches kind of go in with a game plan to utilize them more, puts them at more of a risk for an injury a little bit sooner than they thought. So I think they got to be careful there, but definitely think Saquon's on the right, in the right direction, moving in the right direction. I couldn't agree. Watching Saquon back to full health was, is like, it's just fun to watch. He genuinely like, I think because of him getting hurt last year, people forget he is, maybe one of if not the greatest like like uh running back recruits coming out of college that we've ever seen and I think even year one with how terrible the Giants line was and with Eli not being good and whatever it was like he came out there and he balled like with a terrible offensive line all it would take was one reception or one one handoff where he'd break out and get 90 yards now the offense is a little bit more free-flowing like it's crazy to see, like, if he gets healthy, like, we're going back to arguably the best running back in the NFL, especially with McCaffrey hurt. You, you could you could definitely argue that they're he's right right up there with Dalvin Cook and McCaffrey. I mean, not that that's surprising. I think a lot of people believe that, but this weekend was just an example of how just dominant he can be when when he is at full health. Hundred um, percent. It's good to see it. It's really good to see it. But the more I watch that division, it feels like well, first of all, the football team just needed that win. It felt like they needed it because my understanding is they have a really hard schedule coming up. Um, and if you lose to the Falcons there, like, I, I mean, it's early, but that is with, with how competitive the NFC is and 
without, without a Cowboys look specifically, which is the next game I was going to talk about. The Cowboys yeah. genuinely look really good with how well the defense is playing. Like I so, hate this four weeks, but it feels like the Cowboys, like after four weeks, are just going to dominate that division at this rate, unless things. Yeah, that that Atlanta game was. I mean, even with winning that game, I don't think there's a ton of optimism, um, just based on how the two teams look. But obviously, you needed to win that game. But yeah, Cowboys continue to look good, although they let the Panthers slip back into it um, without C Mac and others. But um, yeah, your Colts, nice win for your Colts. Good to get off the Schneid there. Um, with a nice clean, um, yeah, I, re- I regret not, uh, not taking that uh, money line opportunity. Um, especially with the dolphins still being without Tua. um, another nice win for the Browns on the road. They continue to win kind of ugly, but they continue to win. Um, uh, and then Seattle, pretty impressive road win for Seattle. Seems like they maybe started to turn the corner a little bit here. Um, and then. Also Baltimore, nice win for Baltimore, but they knocked out Teddy. And then the big one we should, we should talk about a little bit here is as Cy, the biggest Rams truther in the building, the game that cost us the parlay. Um, oh, but no. I, it, it, it doesn't even feel like it cost us the parlay because it was never even close. The Cardinals are the Cardinals like the best team in the NFL now. I don't know, man. They look pretty good. What happened? I don't know. I think when I think if that game gets replayed ever, the Rams will win it. I look, I, I genuinely just think the Rams just had a, a bad week and the Cardinals had a great one. Um, again, I, I this shouldn't be me taking credit away from the Cardinals because I genuinely believe that they're better than I gave them credit for being. I mean, offensively, clearly they have firepower on every in every direction and defensively, they played very well um, this weekend against the great Rams offense. But there was a lot of shooting themselves in the foot from the Rams, multiple turnovers, and they just didn't get the, the offense flowing the way that I would normally expect them to. I think Henderson coming back from injury, slowly getting eased in. The Sony Michelle fumble, the Matt Stafford pick, like just in the first half, they, they had so many mistakes. Um, and that's just not something I expect to happen frequently with somebody like Matt Stafford. I think Sean McVay coaches them up. Their defense is better than they played this weekend. And I think they were on the field more than they expected to be with those turnovers. Great win for the Cardinals. They deserve the credit that they that they get for beating up on the Rams the way they did. I mean, they beat them by three possessions, so I'm not going to take anything away from that. But I also think the Rams just had a bad week. And I still think, in my opinion, I still think the Rams are the best team in the NFC holistically. Like, if, you, if you're talking overall. Am I picking them to win a Super Bowl? I mean, they're definitely top three for me, but I definitely still think that holistically they're the best team in the NFC even after that loss. Um, but you definitely got to give the Cardinals a lot of credit for – for what they've accomplished. And I wouldn't fault people for, for hopping on the Cardinals train for after, what are they, 4-0 and now? It's kind of crazy. Yep. I think uh, I think the 72 Dolphins will be able to sleep soundly, though. Uh, I don't see them going undefeated this year. But um, I, I, th- I do agree with you in a sense of the Rams just had some mistakes they couldn't bounce back from early on. And, you know, Cardinals are going to produce when they get the opportunity. Uh, Kyler Murray's really, you know, shown out and um, proven that he is elite. I think uh, I think that you know going back to the Rams and having a Super Bowl opportunity, I don't think it's out of the question because Matt Stafford just completes that team. Um, he's definitely you know better than Jared Goff, and behind that, you know center and you know with Sean McVay calling the plays, I think they're only going to get better. You know, one mistake is not going to be the end of them. So, love it. I think that's a good a uh, good recap. One story I forgot to talk about. We could have done it on the top. Um, I was literally before this watching a video 
Obviously, there's some, some drama with Urban Meyer. Um, Who'd have thought Urban Meyer yeah, drama? Getting his getting his, uh, his grind on with a with a young lady at a bar. Um, I guess it was over the weekend because since they had the week off or whatever. Um, but apparently, he's completely lost the team and like might be fired any week now. And not only fired, but they might be looking into how to fire him for cause. Like it's gotten to that point that they're just like, think it's completely, um, you know, beyond repair. And the other interesting story I heard from, uh, I forget who it was from, but it was on Pat McAfee's show. I guess when he went, I guess he canceled, I think the Monday team meeting um, after this all came out. Um, because he just like, according to some of the players, like couldn't face them after that right away. Um, and then when he did finally go into, I think it was positional meetings and like apologize to the various groups. Like they asked him a couple questions like, oh, where were you? Like, who is this person or whatever, blah, 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 blah. And then he gives them like a complete garbage answer, walks out of the room and all the players just immediately like burst out laughing at him, um, which he could have easily heard through the door. Um, so it sounds like he's completely lost him and could be, uh, could be fired any week now after just a four or five week stint back in the NFL here. What do you guys think about that? That's going to make their front office look so bad. Like, like to not that they shouldn't do it, but just to like, like, Oh, we're going to go get urban. We have the number one overall pick. We're going to pick Lawrence. We're going to let him draft Travis ETN at the end of the first round. Like when they didn't need a running back, we're going to let him do all this. And then four weeks in, we're going to, we're going to can him or five weeks, six weeks, however long it takes. Like that just feels like that just feels like it's going to reflect terribly on their front office. However, if you genuinely feel like there's no repair and like you feel like there's no future with Urban Meyer, which I don't think there is going to be for the Jaguars, now is the time to do it. I think far too often teams like are like, oh, we got to hold on to the guys. So like, you know, for our credibility or whatever, and they wait and, and things get worse and worse and worse when you know, the sooner you get done with it, the sooner you can move on and start planning for what you want next. So um, if it truly is the case that they're just never going to like repair that relationship, then I think it makes sense to move forward. Plus, I never felt like that was a great hiring in the first place. So, I mean, uh, like I'm biased. Like I, I was just kind of like, why would you go? You have the number one overall pick in a year where even though I didn't agree with it, a lot of people said, you know, Lawrence is like the next thing after Luck and Manning and Elway like, you know, as the number one overall pick, you have that option. Why do you go with a, a ex-college football coach when you could have gone with something a little bit more, like, like with more experience in the NFL to coach up this young youthful group that you have? Like, I just kind of was, wasn't about that in the first place, but I don't know. I think it's better to move on now. Even it's kind of looks so bad on the front office though. I, you, you know, I think I think this is the out for the Jaguars if there ever was one because this was a mistake to hire in the beginning. Um, you you know you don't hire a guy with the history Urban Meyer has already, especially bringing him to the next level. I mean the guy is obviously you know he he's he's out of his uh, he's out of his realm here. Um, I never thought that this was a good hire from the beginning, and now they have an out. Um, I don't know you know maybe he regains their trust or however you want to you know, deem it and give them another opportunity. But I think if the Jaguars have an opportunity to move on, this is it. I wouldn't be surprised, but um, you know, he's got, he, he's got a lot of things going on that obviously the team is not his uh, you know, not his bread and butter. So I think they'd be better off without him. And they have a lot of good tools, especially with Trevor Lawrence and you're making Trevor Lawrence look like this. I mean, something's got to give. And I think this is their opportunity to make a move. 
Yeah, I think that's a spot on take. Like, obviously, like Sai said, you got to swallow your pride on this one and admit you got it wrong really quickly. But I think, I think if you know it's if it's you know it's done, you got to do it and uh, and move on from it. And you know, I encourage y'all to check out that Pat McAfee clip. I think it was with Mike Lombardi who was given kind of the details on it. It was it was pretty interesting. Just talking about how Urban Meyer and like how in college he all he did was just recruit elite talent and he would just walk you know to the field every Saturday and know he was going to win by thirty just because the guys he had he didn't ever have to be like a tactician or anything like that. But um, but I guess should we jump? Should, what's similar, that? Similar how Dabo does it now because he's not really a coach, yeah. just an elite like recruiter and leader. Yeah. He's got great coordinators to help, right? So these just aren't guys that I would expect to come to the NFL and and win games because any college coaches that we've seen, somebody like a Pete Carroll, for example, actually has a feel more for like coordinating and, and running a game plan for a game. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just like I have better players than you because it's not going to happen in the NFL. Um, one more topic Ev, that I really want to bring up really quickly before we move on to picks, because we had a little bit of a conversation about this before the season started. And I don't think Marty was on that episode, but um, we had an episode with Marty where we discussed, um, I don't know, maybe this was even offline, Ev, but we discussed, um, wide receivers in this free agency class. And we were kind of going back and forth about, oh, like, why are these, I, I, my argument was, why are these guys getting paid so much? Like, like, for example, the, we, Curtis Samuel was a point of contention for us. Like, I was like, it makes no sense that Curtis Samuel's making this amount of money. It doesn't even make sense that Corey Davis is making this kind of money. Like Kenny Galladay is making so much money. And now that we look at it, we're four weeks in, Galladay finally had a great week, but, or, or a very solid week, but I'm thinking of the, the free agency uh, wide receiver class this year. And it seems like overarchingly they've been underwhelming, right? Like it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. I mean, there's been so much money dished out to wide receivers this off season that transitioned to different teams. And it just doesn't feel like any of them have really made any sort of a mark on their new teams. Am I missing anything? Yeah, I, I would agree. You know, I think there's, there comes a lot when you move to another team at this level. I mean, you, you got to learn the game plan and, you know, coming in, you know, getting the bag, that's great and everything, you know, you've played well and you deserve it. Uh, but I think, you know, to expect uh, complete, you know, revamping and, you know, making a difference at one, one position is just not going to happen. There's so much that goes into making these teams. And, you know, I think the, the most I could say is maybe give them a little bit more time to get acclimated. But I, I agree. I don't think a lot of them are showing their worth. Um, obviously, Curtis Samuel, he's had injuries, so he hadn't really had a, much opportunity. But, you know, Galladay, um, I noticed, you know, a week ago when he was playing, when they were playing uh, Atlanta, or maybe it was the week before that, but I noticed he was getting really upset because I don't think he was getting as many opportunities as he would like to. Um, maybe that was against uh, – what, what was the game where Slayton dropped the ball in the end zone? Washington. Wow, that was why when, yeah. when Galladay was yelling at yeah. Uh, yeah, I noticed he was getting upset. And I was like, yeah. you know, the thing is, you can get upset all you want. But when it comes down to it, you're new to this team and you have to learn your place. You're not the you, you might be paid like the hot shot, and, but you still got to learn the you know, you got to learn the schemes. You got to learn your routes. You got to know how the ball is going to be let go. It's going to be a different dynamic. And I think that's what we need to expect going forward, that these guys are good enough to learn that. But at the same time, it's not going to show, you know, through week five. I mean, I, I would say maybe middle maybe more than middle of the season, uh, we'll see more production. But right now, I think you have a better opportunity of getting a fresh mind in with one of these, you know, top draft picks, like, you know, the Justin Jeffersons, Rondell Moores, that kind of, you know, that kind of team, um, you know, when you got those guys coming in fresh, ready to learn, clean slate, it's a whole different way of learning and they have more opportunity to blow up. 
That's a that's a great call. There has seemed to have been a lot more success at the receiver position through the draft as opposed to free agent. That's a that's an awesome point. Um, I do think. Don't, I mean, certainly right now it does look that way, but I think it's way too early to call specifically on those three. I mean, I think we knew Galladay would have a volume issue in that offense, but it seems like they're starting to figure it out. Um, Curtis has only played one game and, you know, that was coming off, you know, he wasn't hundred percent healthy and, you know, so I, I think that's, you know, certainly a TBD. Um, and then Corey Davis, uh, Marty, you mentioned, yeah, we can, been... we can just move to the next topic. It's fine. Well, I was surprised because I actually <laughs> thought now he's been inconsistent, I guess, and, but I, yeah. I kind of just look at box score stats and you were talking about how many balls he's dropped and make Zach look bad. So if that is the case, then maybe he's not worth the money, but I guess I'm more impressed with his ability to actually be able to like separate and get open. I think was more my concern. Oh, was, yeah. Can he be an alpha in terms of like getting his route open running against... abilities? Yeah. His route running abilities, you know, top notch but when it comes to like I said new coach new quarterback new schemes different team I mean you're not getting Ryan Tannehill tossing you the ball anymore and you don't have a you know secondary receiver to go to like a AJ Brown to look at you know it's 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 a lot more being that number one spot so to speak and I think he has you know an opportunity to show out but right now I think it's like to put it to what Sai was saying, we just haven't seen it yet. And I think we need to Gotta give it more time. Maybe, yeah. maybe, but who knows? Basically, well, the reason I brought it up is what Marty hit the nail on the head with. Like, I just brought it up really quickly, essentially to say that these skilled possession players on offense, whether it's running back or wide receiver, unless it's the elite of the elite of the elite and the very rare opportunities that you get to either trade for them or, or, or uh, pay for them at a really high price point, I think I'm very much now on board of like what we were just talking about with the draft seems to win that every single time. Like you can get elite wide receivers and running backs in the second round of the NFL draft without having to pay that ridiculous price premium and develop those guys rather than pay these absurd amounts of money because the market just keeps getting higher and higher for skill position players. But for guys that haven't proven that they can be number ones, even though they get paid, you know, right there, like one B kind of money, which I just, it seems like it just, it, it just hasn't worked out that way. So um, yeah. I, I, that's the reason I brought it up. But yeah. Washington football team is a great example. I mean, Terry, Terry McLaurin is like looking like a, certainly a top 10. I mean, and every week he seems to get even closer and closer to even, even higher yeah. than that. And then you have Curtis Samuel, who's the one making all the money, but you know, hasn't been on the field and we'll see, but even the then, only one not going to be on Terry's level. So yeah. The only one that I can think of maybe Deandre Hopkins has been the only exception to this whole thing and he was yeah two first round picks for him you know what i mean like yeah rare occasions where those kinds of things come up sweet let's jump into picks here i can drive this week should i should we screen share this week maybe with the uh little slide we've got i know we usually don't actually share the screen but i've got to follow along the type along anyway um so we'll, we'll give the viewers that, uh, that vibe as well. Um, looks like we got to, we got to insert Marty here instead of Zach recapping Get out of here, week. Zach <laughs> recapping last week. Um, I completely bombed last week, seven and nine. Um, looks like nine favorites. One, um, sign Zach both did well, Zach 11 and five, huge week. Um, side 10 and six, very respectable as well. Parlay. Um, we actually ended up picking four games, because we included the Thursday night. So we kind of did a double parlay with a four game, including Thursday and a three game on Sunday, two and two on the week since we lost the Thursday and then went two for three on Sunday. Um, as Cy mentioned, um, or as we talked about the, the Rams one is the third that, uh, that held us back a little bit there, but 
let's keep working at it. Season standings. I think I'm back in last um, after this horrendous week. Um, <laughs> Zach remains uh, handily in first. Some of my math is definitely wrong down there um, at the bottom, but um, the 64% and 63%, there's no way that's right, but it looks like Zach's, Zach's still in the lead. We'll have, to, we'll have to look at that again before it makes the Instagram. Thursday night football, um, Rams at Seahawks. Rams minus three over under 54 and a half. Marty, let's get it started. Who you got? And y'all are not going to like me for this, but uh, they're playing in Seattle and they got the they got the 12th man. Um, I'm, I'm thinking the Seahawks take this barely. I'm, I'm, uh, I just I have a feeling I, I have a feeling that the Seahawks is going to be a high scoring game, but I think the Seahawks are going to etch them out by a field goal. So, and as you say that, I meant to mention, I'm revising my strategy here after my abysmal week. So I'm actually, before I even look at the lines, I'm kind of doing the, how do I think these two teams compare on paper? And then I add three and a half to the home team. And I'm going to take Seattle money line here as a, as a, as a money-making opportunity as well. I think this is kind of a flip the switch game though, where Seattle looked good last week and then it'll flip and the Rams will look good and win. But I think minus three is too many points to the Rams with how Seattle's playing and considering they're at home, but I know who size picking. So I got the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Marty, uh, you get to go last on this one. Your jets at Atlanta playing in London. It'll be about nine 30 start on Sunday morning. Um, Atlanta is favored by three on that neutral site. I'll start it off. Um, I don't like that. No, minus three number. I think these teams are pretty even. Um, coming off a nice one for the Jets. I'm going to take a Jets money line opportunity as a value play um, at about plus 130, I think it is. Sai, who do you got? This is a tough one. It's like technically this is a home game for Atlanta, but it's in London. The only reason I'm taking Atlanta is because they have a veteran playing overseas. Like I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a weird situation for Wilson to go across the uh, across the border and, and play a game against Atlanta. So I'm going to take Atlanta. Um, I mean, they've looked a little bit better the last two weeks too. So um, I think, I think uh, it'll be a close one, but I got Atlanta um, and I got them winning by three. I think it's going to be even. Calvin Ridley are going to absolutely destroy that Jets uh, secondary. So I'm going to take Atlanta um, covering for sure. All right. Denver at Pittsburgh. First one, one o'clock game. Pittsburgh um, is only getting one point at home. Um, 39 and a half, super low over and under. Teddy Bridgewater probably out. Cy, who do you got? Pittsburgh, covering. Marty? Oh, man. See, you're making me second guess myself, Cy. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think I'm going to have to. I'll tell you why, Marty, because Bridgewater's out. And yeah. we talked about this last week. The teams that Denver has beaten, not that this gives Pittsburgh a huge benefit, but the teams Denver has beaten – before this week, when they were three and zero, were combined record of zero and nine coming into this week, and then they played the Ravens, and even with Bridgewater out, they got blown out of the water. And I think I think Denver's got a great defense, but ultimately, I just think oh, holistically, like their offense just isn't going to be able to do much against Pittsburgh's defense, um, especially on the road in Pittsburgh. So yeah, I think I think the the home field advantage is what kind of takes the cake for me here. So I'm getting Pitt as well. Yeah, this is one of my favorites. As much as I hate Pittsburgh, because Denver's got to go across the country here, too, which I always hate. But um, Detroit at Minnesota. Minnesota's getting seven and a half at home, 49 and a half. So you're over under. Uh, Marty, you want to go first here? Yeah, uh, I think uh, the obvious pick here is going to be Minnesota. I mean, 
I think uh, I think Dalvin Cook's going to have to get a bounce back game, and I think this is the one to do it in. Yeah, Minnesota. I'm just I'm just debating. I think they'll cover. Yeah, I think I have them covering as well, but I think uh, that number for me is yeah, it's that, exactly that seven right. and a half yeah. is tough. That's I think tough. that's a, that, I think that's the right number um, to be honest. So that's what gives me a uh, gives me more right. Time. Yeah, that was the other thing I was telling Marty before. I got to remember the home three. You know, you got to remember to give the home three. So I think that that it's a high number, but I think that's that's the right number. Um, Green Bay at Cincinnati. Green Bay um, only three point favorites, but again, this is on the road. Um, which I, I think that's a fair number. So I have um, Green Bay winning, but um, not necessarily covering, although it is a low number, but yeah. Me. Either way, yeah. Yeah, I've got Green Bay uh, covering for sure here. I think uh, Joe Mixon being out is going to be a big, big hit. Good call. Good call, Marty. I believe that it's only minus three. Like I understand it's in Cincinnati, but are you telling this is telling us that Cincinnati and Green Bay are even on, on a neutral field? No, it says six and a half. You got to go the other way. What? Oh, it, it says they're about a touchdown better. Which and I was like, what? That makes no yeah. sense. Even then, even then, I fully expect Green Bay to w- cover the spread personally. Good call without Mixon, Marty. That makes me change my tune a little bit. I don't. Yeah, well, they can tear up that secondary, but your old football team guys are going to be taking over this week. Samaj P. Ryan heads up on waivers, everybody. If you need a, a desperation <laughs> play this week with, I guess, that Green Bay bad defense. Miami out Tampa Bay, our boy Lou, they need a win here. It's going to be tough, but Tampa Bay is getting 10 points at home. 48 the over under. Cy, you want to go first? No, I'm not going to take them to cover just because 10 is a lot. And we've seen recently that they've been getting high spreads and it just hasn't been working. But I'll take Tampa Bay to win. I think it's what is, I think two is out another week, right? Probably. Yeah. I think that number is way too high and defending champs never cover. Marty? Uh, I'm going to have to disagree and say they cover. Uh, Jacoby Brissett and that offense looks absolutely atrocious. I love you, Lou, but let's be real. <laughs> I love it. New England at Houston. Uh, New England's getting nine points on the road. 39 and a half is a really low over under in that game, which leads me to believe they just don't think Houston's going to score. Um, I'm going to say New England wins, but does not cover. Um, you know, I think uh, Houston's shown a lot of tenacity with their teams, but I think you just can't beat Bill Belichick and that, that scheme, man, he's got it down. So I'm taking New England. I just want to say last week I was cracking up because the Bills had one of the biggest spreads we've ever seen. <laughs> it was like, it started at like 17 and a half. I think it went up to 18 and a half. And not only did they cover, they doubled the spread. They won 40 to nothing. Um, with that being said, I'm taking New England. I'm not going to take them to cover because I just think that there's no way Houston can like, it would be shocking if they went and didn't score any points again this week. And I don't expect New England to win by like, you know, a guaranteed 10. So I'm going to take New England to win, but not to cover. We saw, yeah, we had a Trubitsky sighting as well. Indeed. Mitch, Mitch, you know, they won by a lot when Mitch gets into the game. Um, all right, so I start us off. New Orleans at Washington. Um, New Orleans is um, about two point favorites, depending on the book you look at. Um, 44 and a half, you're over under. Who do you have in this one? I'm going to take New Orleans to win. And if they're winning with the two spread, I'm going to just take them to cover because two is two. Right. I am actually going to go with the home team here. I think WFT takes it uh, by a field goal. Yeah, this is one, again, with my hot and cold theory on the Saints, this would be a hot game. So I kind of feel like they're going to win in cover, but I don't think they're five and a half points better than us. 
as bad as we've looked, and eventually Washington's going to have to figure something out on defense. So I'm going to give part of that is just being biased. I'm not going to pick against my squad, but um, I'll take Washington to uh, <laughs> to uh, to win. And um, Philly at Carolina. I'll start this one off. I love. Uh, I I like this one quite a bit. Carolina's minus three and a half at home, which says these are even teams on a neutral site. I disagree with that. Um, I don't think Philly is good at all. They've looked awful lately. I think Jalen Hurts is going to have an awful game against that defense. Um, although I guess Horton's out now, but um, I like Carolina to cover, especially coming off a loss at Dallas, even without McCaffrey. Marty? Yeah, I mean, this is uh, Carolina by far. I think Philly's got a lot to work on, so I'm going to take them and I'm take them to cover. So this they're almost saying is even with Carolina being. They a- are. This is, yeah, this is them saying. It depends if you get three or three and a half, but they, they think these teams are equal. McCaffrey, this was this is an easy cover, but regardless, I'm going to take him to cover because that uh, that Darnold-DJ uh, Moore connection looks like something special. Yeah, I think that's yeah, true. That's amazing. Tennessee at Jacksonville. Tennessee is only four-point favorites. They are on the road, but is that them getting disrespected coming off that Jets loss, or is that – with all the injuries they had from that Jets game. I don't know. Number, um, the over-under is 48. Marty, um, what do you think? Yeah, I think uh, you got to look at the offensive line injuries that they took last week. I think that's going to affect them a lot. Um, I still think they're going to pull it out because I think uh, they'll have A.J. Brown back at least. Not sure about Julio. But, uh, you know, if Tannehill gets his boys back, he should be fine. Sorry? I mean, I have Tennessee winning, but I'm not going to pick them to cover. I mean, they just lost the Jets and – like we just saw what we, we picked Cincinnati to cover against Jacksonville and that didn't work either. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to take that. I'm just going to take Tennessee to, to win. Yeah. I have no trust in the Titans. I'll, I'll say they win, but um, although the Jacksonville also has a lot of distraction going on, so it's hard to say, but um, don't like the cover either. Going to the four Oh fives, Chicago at Las Vegas, Vegas um, comes back home after that tough Monday nighter. They're getting five and a half points over under 44 and a half. I'll start it off. Um, I think that that number is about spot on. I think they probably cover it. Um, so I'm going to take Vegas here. I'm, I'm pro Vegas still. Yeah, I think you're I think you're right on the money there. The the, the line's perfect. I think they cover. Um, I think that defense is just top notch right now. That defensive line looks great. I'm taking Chicago money line. Mm. I thought David Montgomery. Really? I think I mean, yeah, I know not having Montgomery is, is a blow, but Damian Williams is going to be fine on, as, as a backup. But if they have him. That offense looked really good last week. Darnell Mooney turned up. Like Allen Robinson's getting played. Justin Fields looked good, and the Bears' defense is great. I mean, they they won by I think it was like fourteen against against what was it against the Lions? Like what was what they was that right? Twenty eight to fourteen, I think it was. Um, yeah. I think I think the Bears are. I mean, I think the Bears are better than people are giving them credit for being. I mean, what are they three and two now, or or sorry, two and two now? Like I'm not gonna I'm not running away from the Bears. I think they win this game. This is an interesting choice, Ty, and I I love it. I love it. Um, oh, I'm tempted. Trap game of the week, right here. Especially on a short week, a short <laughs> week after that Monday night game, this does feel like feel like such a trap game. I love where size heads out on this one. Um, I'm gonna flip. I'm gonna flip. I'm going to Chicago. <laughs> that means I have to change one later on my board though, but um, we'll see where that comes into play. All right. Cleveland at the chargers. This is a really interesting spread for me. Chargers are only one and a half point favorites, which means they still think Cleveland is a couple points better. Uh, I disagree. 
I'm, I'm in on the Chargers here. I think obviously with such a low number um, at home, I'll take them to cover that pretty easily. I think they're going to get a big win here, even on a short week. Yeah, same here. I'm thinking they cover easily. I think uh, it's going to be a high scoring game. Uh, I don't know what the over under is, but I think they definitely make that happen. Is it 46 and a half? Okay. Yeah, definitely happening. I don't think this is going to be a, a blowout by any means because no. Like I just the Cleveland, this Minnesota Cleveland game was crazy. It was 14 to seven was the final score. Like that was so wild to see. I think I, the chargers win it's at home. I, I, I think the chargers holistically are the better team just because I trust them more um, on both sides of the field, but they're both very complete teams. So it's going to be one of those where, it, where it'll really come down to, I think quarterback play. And I think Herbert, Herbert um, outduels uh, Baker Mayfield. So with that in mind, I'm going to take the chargers to win and cover. All righty. Giants at Dallas. Dallas seven point favorites. 52 is the over under. I think that number is exactly right. So Dallas wins. I'll take them to cover, but I think that's a fair number. Yeah, I don't think this is a tough one at all. No, I don't think Dallas winning. Um, I just I'm a little tentative with NFC East games to pick the cover when it's a whole touch because, you know, you know, this could be one of those like the Giants, like Giants keep it close, especially with with the way Barkley's played and the Giants haven't really been blown out by anyone yet. So that's why I'm a little tentative about um, definitely picking Dallas to win, win by over a touchdown, but I do definitely think Dallas wins the game. I, I, they're the better team. Yeah. I think if you Google uh, cannibalism, it actually just, the division just pops up automatically. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. San Francisco at Arizona. Interesting game here. 425. pretty big number for Arizona here. Five and a half, but that, that kind of factors in the, uh, the home points I have. Um, well, let's start with Marty here, actually. Yeah, um, I think Arizona is going to show out again. Uh, but, you know, I, I think San Francisco has looked good recently. I think with Trey Lance getting the start, if that calf contusion keeps Garoppolo out, I think it's going to be a little bit different. So I'm not going to say they're going to cover. Sai? It's tough because – I don't know what to expect out of Lance. I mean, if Garoppolo was healthy, I would definitely say the, the 49ers cover. Um, and even if Garoppolo is healthy, I could consider picking the 49ers to win this. I just don't know what to expect out of Lance. His, sec- his first like official start if Garoppolo's out. But either way, I'm going to say the Cardinals win, but I say the 49ers cover. Yeah, I think the Lance thing is interesting because it almost turns you one way or the other from a betting perspective you just have no idea like it could be could be really bad and it could be an easy cover or it could be really good and they could win outright but um, I'm gonna say Arizona wins and covers Sunday night football there is no way that this game doesn't hold up the torch of, of great Sunday night football games this year Buffalo going to Arrowhead Kansas City is three point favorites which says they are about even um if not, maybe Buffalo is a tiny bit better if you give three and a half or four and not three. Um, Buffalo has looked a little better this year as since week one. I'll start us off. I'm going to flip the script a little bit and say that Buffalo still isn't quite over the hump. Um, and I'm going to take Kansas City to win. Um, obviously, I'm not confident in the spread just because I think Buffalo could easily win outright. You know, they're still being given three points, but I am going to take Kansas City here. Um, yeah, this is, I mean, this is going to be game of the week by far. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, Kansas City has had a lot of problems with their defense, and uh, I think Buffalo is going to exploit that. 
And I think they're going to take the cake here, even at uh, Kansas City. Now I kind of want to switch my pick, too. I cannot decide on this one. Cy? This is, uh, you know, what's funny? The over-under is 56 and a half, and I still want to take the over. Like That's actually maybe lower than I would have thought. I mean, so I mean, it's, it's the highest, oh, it's the highest uh, number in, in all the over-unders. I was just looking. I'd and, say 79 and a half would be more accurate. Yeah, and I still expect them to score, you know, 30 each at least. But I'm taking Kansas City to win. It's at home, and I think the Bills have looked great the last couple of weeks, but Kansas City last week had five touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes threw for five touchdowns, and Travis um, and uh, um, Hill caught three of them. Like, I think Kansas City's really heating up on that offensive front. So I think at home in Arrowhead, I'm going to take Kansas City um, to win. And I honestly, I think I expect them to win by a field goal, so I'm not really confident picking the spread either. So. Yeah. I'm getting really tired of my analytical approach to picking these games. I, I, it's so much more fun to just go off your gut. Anyway, risk it. Monday night football side will go last year. Uh, the Colts coming off a big win going to Baltimore. Baltimore is a seven point favorite um, at home, which again, it's at home. So I actually think that's a fair number, maybe a tick high. Um, I'm going to say Baltimore wins. I, and I do have them covering, although I think that's a pretty high number. Marty. Yeah, I think uh, I agree with you there as far as it being a high number. Um, Baltimore looked a little more complete this week. I think Jonathan Taylor has a lot of good opportunities here. Just, I hate to say it, but I just don't really trust Wentz back there. I don't know, you know, if he's got it all together or not. So I'm going to have to take Baltimore. So here's the thing. Quentin Allison's out, which is not going to be ideal against uh, what the Ravens, who always seem to bring the pressure. Um, so that's not ideal. But I think we finally found some offensive momentum and our defense is just playing lights out right now. They've really played well the last couple of weeks, even though our offense has, has been struggling. Um, I, I'm going to take my Colts actually. And this isn't even just a bias pick, like, because I mean, I picked them to lose last week. I picked them to win, but the previous weeks I picked them to lose. I genuinely think that we are flowing in the right direction. And I think we just, we need this one more. And I think we'll come out with the uh, guns blazing and I trust our coaching. So this this actually is, I, I do think Baltimore is going to win genuinely. I'm not changing my pick on this one, but like, I mean, seven points for a team that could easily win that game. Like, I don't think the number's necessarily wrong, but this is, what, this is like a good betting opportunity, um, I would have to say. Evan, I do want to uh, adjust one thing, if I, we have time. Um, it's going to go back to the uh, San Francisco-Arizona game. Uh, I'm actually going to pick San Fran. I love Anyone. it. He's making an adjustment. I want to make an adjustment, too. Um, I'm pulling the Jets pick. I'm going to Atlanta. There you go. Minor Good one, but Good man. Good Cy, man. do you want to make any adjustments to your board here? I know you're you're a gut guy, so I'm guessing that's a no. No switching. Yeah, I, I need to be less analytical, I think, after my seven and nine last week. But then, well, then if you didn't week, share I, the screen, Evan, I might not have changed. <laughs> I know everyone has a has a chance to perfect uh, perfect their board here. Um, I think that's all we got. Any last words? Marty, thank you for coming on. We literally asked you to come on like literally at 8.59 with a, a nine-ish start time because Zach had to had to drop last minute. So I appreciate you jumping on and giving us a- I got nothing going on, guys. A third nothing. guy. <laughs> I love it. That's what Tuesdays are Anytime. for, Marty. <laughs> all right, boys. One of, one of many, many, many more appearances from Marty if it's up to us, assuming- I love it. I love it. Especially if, if he keeps riding with our parlays. But uh, yeah, once again, thank you for coming on. Appreciate y'all listening and subbing up. 
Um, check us out on Spotify now too, if that's an easier platform for you to uh, to listen instead of watch on YouTube. But yeah, that was Mondays Down South.